Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Blast. Our professional football team is broke as a joke. They are careening towards a franchise high in losses. They have the oldest roster in the NFL. They've got 28 unrestricted free agents and will need to rebuild much of their football team after this season, starting with the offensive line. And they have spawned a series of unfortunate, embarrassing amateur hour incidents in 2022 that bring the Valley perilously close to the Dark Ages era of Cardinals football when our franchise was both a piñata and a punchline and the NFL city that hope forgot. And while I cannot believe I'm saying this, part of me feels bad for Cliff Kingsbury. That's because he's been emasculated. He's a toothless coach with no power and we know this because the GM hired his assistant coaches. We know this because the owner requires a weekly film study session with them and we learned during that ESPN report last week that Kingsbury wanted Sean Coogler gone long before the Mexico incident because Coogler was usurping Kingsbury's authority because he disagreed with the head coach's philosophy and the owner said no. And in the process of putting up all these guardrails around their unproven in over his head coach, they have also stripped Kingsbury of any chance to lead, of any chance to succeed. And that sounds exactly like our NBA team used to operate under the now-reviled Robert Sarver back in their dark ages. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable. They've got two great locations. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, I think the same thing that um, since I've come to the NFL is just consistency with the players. You know, these guys are professionals. Um, they handle their business, and, and they want to be led by somebody that, that has a plan, can show them, you know, what they need to do to get better and um, make sure that, that you're not up and down yourself and, and are the same person every day and, and then uh, shoot them straight with, with uh, where you're at and, and, you know, where you're going. That's Cliff Kingsbury addressing the media yesterday. Make no mistake about it. Nobody can say that Cliff Kingsbury is not consistent in his demeanor okay and his outward uh, uh, approach mm-hmm. I mean he is the same every single day so mm-hmm. check that box the consistency is there for Cliff Kingsbury but you know part of that soundbite too about you know they, they want to play for a coach who can show them the things to make them get better yeah that is very much in doubt at oh, this yeah. point whether oh, yeah. it's starters whether it's you know third or fourth stringers that are being pressed into duty now at different positions around the field mm-hmm. uh, I will say this and again I don't uh, absolve the Cardinals from any responsibility for what has been just a lost season you mentioned it um, 13 losses is a real possibility yeah the Cardinals in their history here in Arizona have only hit that number once and that was in 2000 they went three and 13. They could match that. Uh, Didn't they do that under Steve Wilkes, too? Um, I thought they've had a couple of 13 losses. Oh, yeah, Maybe oh, you're I'm right. wrong. I, I, oh. I glazed over that one. You're right. Yeah. They uh, they lost 13 games in 2018 right. as well. Okay. Right. So, um, and, and, and they're doing it in 17 games, not 16, but, but the 13 losses, which would equal a franchise worst, layered with all the dysfunction, is going to make this... The worst Cardinal season in history, and that, folks, is saying something. Yeah, the point differential for those two teams mentioned, 2018 and 2000, well over 200 points, both of them. Mm -hmm. This one's negative 83 on the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So they just haven't been 
hammered. No. But there's been a number of double-digit losses during the streak dating back to last this, year. This team has had, and also because this team has, has superior talent to those other 13 lost Absolutely. teams. Superior. But it's impossible to completely eliminate the presence of injuries. Mm -hmm. It's almost cruel at this point what this team is going through. Okay. I looked at their injured reserve list last week, and I was like, okay, yeah, (laughs) there's some names on there. Buda Baker's going to finish on the sideline this year. Um, But I thought you brought up an interesting point earlier, Bick, Mm -hmm. and that is, you know, what is preventing this Cardinals team? There's very little to play for from a team standpoint. You have individuals maybe trying to open eyes, save jobs, claim a job next year on a roster or this roster. Um, but that's usually when things go south. You saw the example with the Denver Broncos this weekend. What is preventing those types of games where they're just absolutely embarrassed from kickoff throughout 60 minutes of football? And um, you mentioned the defense, namely J.J. Watt and Buda Baker. Yep. I'll take Buda Baker out of the mix. J.J. Watt has certainly performed above expectation this year as well. Cliff Kingsbury talked about that yesterday. Yeah, you definitely don't want to uh, be played out with that group. I mean, they, they know what happened. They know what it looked like. And we have a great group that, um, you know, when I'm done talking, they usually speak, whether it's Buda or J.J. or somebody that, that um, you know, does a great job handling that group and, and keeping everybody together. Yeah, uh, I think that's gone a long way into keeping the the Cardinals week-to-week competitive, certainly not competitive in the standings Mm -hmm. as they've fallen back into last place in the NFC West with that Rams win. Yeah, and and I also think that that most of the locker room, they they personally like Cliff Kingsbury because he has been so easy on them. And and it's not like a a football team that's going to mutiny on their head coach. And I've seen a few of those, Ditka in Chicago. There have been mutinies where where the head coach is, is such a tyrant and so out of control control and so unreasonable in in his path to victory the team just quit on him that's not happened here and, and i think it's because fundamentally they like cliff kingsbury i just it, it, that that but that personality yeah. isn't built to be a, a head coach in the nfl especially when things go south yes uh, part of that espn yes. article kingsbury has been labeled as a player's coach over the years by many on his staff and in the locker room he's well liked and has support among his players conversely kingsbury's aversion to confrontation chafes some players at times as one longtime ex-cardinals player said kingsbury's go-to line in meetings especially after bad performances was that, quote, everybody has to play better. While that approach fosters good relations, the player said, calling out bad performances by name can be necessary at times. Quote, it's a very comfortable work environment, but he won't rip anybody, and if the head coach won't do it, it's hard for the offensive guard to do it, the player said. I think that's some of what's gone on with the quarterback. A team source added that Kingsbury's personality doesn't lend to calling players out. No, that's fairly obvious. And Again, when you're going swimmingly, when you're seven and zero and ten and two, yeah, you got no issues, no issues at all. But right. when things get tough, the tough get going. Yeah, Did I just well, invent that phrase. Yeah, no. well, that wow, that, that's I've never that's, heard that before. I'm gonna write that down. This guy, that's got a ring to I it. That doesn't on my it? bathroom wall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's going right under. When there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> The uh, yeah, yeah, no. I, again, I I feel all of that and then some 
because this is this has been another recurring thing with this football team, and that is the late season collapses from guys that just stop putting in the work and the attention to detail. It got to the point where Michael Bidwell had to call out the team in the HBO Hard Knock series, which was also very unusual to some people because mm-hmm. that's generally the domain of the head coach. Generally, it, it is. It, it, listen, if Bruce Arians were still here as head coach, he's saying that, not Michael Bidwell. I guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was another one of the things that uh, ta- one of my takeaways from that game on Sunday night is both those teams, Tampa and the Cardinals, both are less than without Bruce Arians. It's a good call. And it's because of Should his... Should Bruce Arians be on I the candidate list? It's because of his leadership. It's not, it's, it's not, you know, it, it's, you, you could compare hours spent on the job and Cliff Kingsbury would win in a mile. It oh, doesn't yeah. matter what time you get into the building. B.A. was not showing up to the facility at 3 a.m. No. And he was not st- He was not there at nighttime. No. <laughs> he was gone. He might not see 5 p.m. He famously had that policy. Mm-hmm. You miss any of your family stuff, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you could spend all your time with that your was family. A, that was a policy dressed up as, I'm out of here, baby. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want you here me, making me look bad. Get like, home to your wives and kids. Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong about that. that. No. He was a smart man, B.A. <laughs> he got results. Greatest. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, can the Suns bounce back? From that tough loss in Denver, they've lost three straight and another tough one tonight in Memphis. We'll get into some Suns basketball straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Pickley, Vince Murata. Pickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Away from Caldwell Pope, and Aaron Gordon has his hands on it. Hustling into the forecourt, goes all the way and jams it home and runs over Landry Shamit. He lands on top of Shamit, and an offensive foul is called on Aaron Gordon. My goodness. The crowd hates the call here. Gordon just went straight down the floor with a fury and threw it down right on top of Shamit, who held his ground and drew the charge on Aaron Gordon. They're going to take another look. There are no challenges left. There are no challenges. Why do they get to look at it? You do not get a challenge in overtime. The only thing I can think of is if they're checking to see if he was in the restricted area. That's John Bloom and Tim Kempton Christmas night in Denver, and that's exactly what they were checking on. A very pivotal play, a highlight play. If you were looking at the highlight shows or perusing social media, you saw Aaron Gordon dunking on Landry Shamit roughly 8 billion times over the last yeah. couple days. Yeah. Uh, the call got reversed. The, the, the uh, Nuggets go on to win the game by three points in overtime. Uh, although it was a, an optimistic performance by the Suns, they have they had every reason to get blown out in that game. The way things started, you fall behind big again with a slow offensive start. You lose Devin Booker. Uh, and not only just losing Devin Booker for four, after four minutes of that game, he had two points in his return, but the psychological effects of that, too. Yeah. Man, we got Book back. This is awesome. Oh, wait. Book's hurt again. What are we going to do now? Uh, but they fought back. They made it a game. It was a very highly entertaining game, but it still ends the same way. A loss for the Suns. They've lost three straight, and they're in a really tough uh, stretch of schedule. And you have to wonder at this point, because... James Jones has been very, very patient, very deliberate, 
Mm-hmm. Some to a fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, some might say to a fault at mm-hmm. this point. How much more pressure is building on James Jones to shuffle this deck of Phoenix Suns players to keep them relevant and um, you know a- alongside the the other powerful teams in the Western Conference? Right. right. Uh, yeah. No. Listen. That that to me is a very central issue right now because obviously the basketball team is screaming for some reinforcements. You got a stretch of nine road games out of the next eleven. Your four games over 500 at the time. Like you said, you're just a few games ahead of the Timberwolves in the Western Conference. There's going to be a lot of gripping as the losses mount. It's going to be hard for people to focus on the long term and what's coming. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious about this. Um, There was a report um, a couple days ago that Jay Crowder's trade value is plummeting because of his decision based on an anonymous GM. Those have been refuted. Others have said his value is what it's been all along. But you said something earlier to it. If if we're going to end up with one toy, one new toy going forward, and that new toy is going to be Kyle Kuzma, Suns fans have got to get it in their heads that it's not going to be Jay Crowder for Kyle Kuzma. It's not going to be a three-way trade where the only thing the Suns give up is Jay Crowder. Or even, I mean... Is the possibility there because Kuzma's on an expiring contract? The Wizards aren't going anywhere. Do they want to acquire Jay Crowder's expiring contract, which, I mean, obviously has some value on, on mm-hmm. two fronts, but Jay Crowder strikes you as a player that w- wants to land on a contending team. Mm-hmm. I don't think Washington would have interest there. But you got to get real comfortable with the possibility, Suns fans, that Mikel Bridges might not be untouchable. Yeah. Or maybe shouldn't be untouchable. DeAndre yes. Ayton in that category. I said it last week. Mm-hmm. I, as I size it up right now, Bick, I think there's one untouchable player on the Suns roster. Devin Booker. That's it. Yeah, I agree with that. But if you rewind to last summer when Devin uh, Kevin Durant came out and said, hey, I, I want out of Brooklyn and I, Phoenix is number one on my list. And we had the discussions in real time. That's something you have to explore when a player of that quality, who, by the way, uh, passed Tim Duncan last night into 15th place on the scoring list, um, when he makes that statement, you got to go down that road. But from everything that was reported, and a lot of it was fuzzy, but there was a real reticence by by James Jones to get rid of Mikel Bridges and or Cam Johnson. Yes. And in hindsight... It might have been a huge mistake. It might have been. Yes, I, I agree with you. Because, as you said, when you start going over the laundry list of where this basketball team is weak, because, again, we're, we're not talking about how do we make the playoffs. You're talking about how do you stay in this window of championship opportunity. And it's physicality. It's rebounding. It's a number two scorer who can create his own shot. It's backup point. There's a, there's a laundry list here of things this basketball team could use in an ideal situation. So I, I, I think there's going to have to be some real thought about how do we, what do we add and, and how do we gear this thing up for a, a legitimate run? Because I, I think nobody wants to hear it, but I think Charles Barkley is right. At the moment, as currently constructed, they're not winning a championship. And and that's just the cold hard truth. I think I think that's been kind of proven here. So so moves have to be made. There has to be some sort of infusion here. It's just a matter of how dramatic and what it looks like. Like you said earlier, the uh, the the Brooklyn Nets suddenly it's kumbaya for them. They're they're yeah. they've won nine games in a row. Didn't they have ninety one points at halftime the other day? Yes. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that basketball team. <laughs> 
I mean, that's historic output in the first half. But they're clicking right now. Kevin Durant's playing great. Does it continue? That's the thing is it's really hard to maintain this in today's Mm -hmm. NBA where guys are missing two weeks with, with aches and pains. It's it's hard to say. Um, the Suns are going through it right now. Last year at this time, the Suns were going through their stretch of everybody being out, and a lot of teams went through it because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Now it's different soreness. It's sore groins. It's sore Achilles. It's sore feet. It's sore heels that are keeping the Suns from from being together. And and, and we could look at it the other way too, if you want to look at it optimistically through thirty four games. This group of Phoenix Suns hasn't really been together for more than a handful of games at any one time this year. True. Chris Paul missed time. Devin Booker's missing time again. Now, Cam Campaign has been out. Cam Johnson's been out for an extended period of time. They haven't had Jay Crowder, which I don't really include in that mix because he doesn't want to be a part of this. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What did you think of the reported deal that was shot down by the Suns last last week. Crowder one to one, one for one to Washington for Rui Hachimura. I don't. That, that didn't do a whole lot for me. I know a lot of Suns fans felt that way, but here's what I like about that deal. Okay, Rui Hachimura puts on a uniform, shows up at work, and plays basketball <laughs> occasionally. Play basketball. <laughs> yeah. The more this drags on with Jay Crowder, the more it, it it puzzles me, and the more it frustrates me. I I just don't know how he has the gall to to tweet out that people dragging my name through the mud, I'm going to be vindicated when this is of his making. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, there's a, there's a cognitive, cognitive dissonance there that I'm having a hard time understanding. But on the flip side of it, I still have a problem mm-hmm. with the son saying, you know what, Jay, just go away. We'll take care of this at some point. Everything will be okay. I don't understand that either. I don't get it. I don't get that either. I really don't. I mean, it, it's, it, it just, I don't know. It's confusing. It's hard to watch. Like I said, I think I think we're all kind of bracing for a real rough evening tonight. Maybe the basketball team will surprise us because one of the bright spots to come out of that Denver game was how well the team fought after losing Devin Booker just four minutes into it. And that's, that's the kind of sucker punch. When that happened, Vinny, because I, I, I was at the game and we all saw it come across on social media, I thought I thought they were going to just collapse. Yeah, I was with I family at that point 30. in the yep. game, flipping between games, but not really paying attention to either at that point. And mm-hmm. finally I was like, oh, I got to go check to see what's happening with the Suns game. And it's like six minutes to go in the first quarter. And I'm thinking they didn't sub Devin Booker out. Book plays. He plays the full first quarter right. every right. single night. Right. Something happened. I'm like, just another, just another thing to deal with. And you know what's interesting too is, is I don't know if you can read into what Chris Paul said, but he said, "Look, we know that this doesn't mean anything. We know we don't need Devin Booker in December or January." And I stopped and I thought. He's not going to miss all of January, is he? <laughs> did you just say January? Yeah, right. did you just say all of January? But again, this is to have a groin injury, to think you're healed, and to have it pop again four minutes into action, you're going to have to kind of double up on that rest this time around. You would think. Yeah. And double up on rest is a minimum of six games. <laughs> right. Yes. Which would take you to the next homestand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Suns and Grizzlies tonight, hopefully a little bit better uh, of a more competitive game than we saw last Friday when the Grizzlies just absolutely dominated the Suns at Footprint Center. 6 o'clock is the tip, 5.30 pregame on the Arizona Sports app and a 98.7. Coming up next, our uh, weekly visit and uh, with a world traveler, Shane Doan. 
overseas in Switzerland. Like his cell phone is going to work from Switzerland. We'll see. <laughs> Who are we kidding? We'll give it a shot. <laughs> we are attempting. Uh-huh. That's next. Okay. It's Marauder Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Don't score! Shane Doan. Shane Doan got a piece of it. I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Doan sends a one-hopper on that. He scores! The captain. Coyote's legend Shane Doan. Up early to talk Coyote's hockey with Bickley and Mirage. Shot by Shane Doan. He scores! Yeah, Tuesdays we talk hockey with Shane Doan, Coyote's chief hockey development officer, who comes from us from parts unknown. Actually, we know where he is. I think we've talked to Shane Doan from more different countries than any other guest we've ever had That's on the show. That's a good point. I think you're right about that. From Switzerland, Doner joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Shane. Ah, danke schön. So, thank you, guys. <laughs> all right. That's all I know. That's literally the only thing I know. Really? Okay, well, you're Shane Doan. What, what else do you need you to go? you got more time. You'll learn more while you're there. All right. <laughs> Set the scene. Paint a picture. We just were told you're out staring at the Swiss Alps. That must be some view. Well, Davos is literally one of the most beautiful places in the world. As the helicopter goes by me, I'm sitting on my, I'm sitting on my deck staring at the Swiss Alps. The sun's setting, and it is perfect. Like, oh. perfect. It's like... Two degrees below zero, or I guess it'd be 30 degrees Fahrenheit. It's perfect. That sounds wonderful. Uh, And uh, you're there with uh, Team Canada. Well, the 30 degrees Fahrenheit would only be perfect to a a good Canadian-like donor. As somebody who lives a little on the chilly side for most of us. For me, who's lived in Phoenix for (laughs) 40-plus years, maybe not so perfect. But uh, you're in uh, Switzerland for the Spangler Cup Davos uh, with Team Canada. And I don't know if a lot of our listeners, because I certainly wasn't all that familiar with the Spangler Cup uh, donor. Tell us more about this tournament. It's actually, it's an incredible tournament. It's been running the only two years it hasn't ran, and I think it's 108 or 110 years, was the last two years, so 20 and 21. Those are, it ran through the war. It's been both wars. It's, um, it's been an absolute staple over here in Europe. They used to play in an, at an outdoor game. It was an outdoor arena mm-hmm. right at the base of the mountain here up in Davos. And it's it's a spectacular place. It, the town itself is only about 12,000 people. But then for the Spangler, it grows to about forty-five to 50,000. So it's a big event for them. And then... Uh, Eurosport puts the finals on TV. So for Eurosport to put it on, there might be more people watching the finals of this cup, the Spangler Cup, than there is a uh, a Stanley Cup playoff game. It's really an impressive uh, event, and they do a great job of it. All right, so uh, while you were gone, the Coyotes beat the Kings, and that's always a good thing. Beating L.A. never (laughs) gets old, especially especially in hockey, right? (laughs) You know something about that. Yes, yes. Well, I wish I'd done it a few more times, but um, uh, yes, I know the joy of doing it. The joy of doing it is very nice. Yes, for sure. That's funny. So, let, all right. Well, so let's talk about the one of the stars of that game. Uh, Veggie again has just been phenomenal this season, has he not? He is an absolute incredible and. It, when you meet him, I mean, there, it is hard to find someone that you might cheer more for. He's a man that's just, he's just a good, good man that loves his teammates, loves playing hockey, and is just a, he's, a, he's exactly what you'd hope 
um, you, you know, you're one of your star players would be where he cares about everybody and he, he just wants to, every day he's at the rink, he just wants to make it a better day for everyone else. And he's easy going. He did a great um, rendition of Country Road on the, on the bus in his rookie year on the way back from Prescott. That was really impressive. Really? And I think from that moment on, he was kind of well-liked by everyone. As a European player, to step up and sing a little country song always got everyone excited. Well, when you consider his story, too, I mean, last year at this time, well, I, I think we knew by then, but when the begin the season began last season, we're like, who is this Vimelka guy? Where did he come from? Uh, and, it, it, I mean, he doesn't have a, a very common story either, which kind of makes it even better. It's incredible. And you, our scouting staff did an incredible job to bring him in because he came to our prospects camp. Mm-hmm. So last year at this, you know, you're right, last year at this time, he came to our prospects camp as an undrafted prospect, like, which is I mean, to have anyone playing on your team out of that camp is incredible. To have your starting goalie for the next two years come out of there and a guy that you've signed now is is very impressive. And that's a huge testament to the, the scouting staff and, and what they've done. I, I, I find it fascinating in professional sports, even in maybe lo- lower levels, those team-building exercises where the guys, the guys who are really willing to put themselves out there and embarrass themselves. We saw that with Aiden Hutchinson of the Lions earlier this year during an episode of Hard Knocks. And conversely, the guys that won't do it, the guys who bristle, it's amazing what that kind of does to their vibe in the room. Tell tell your experience with that. Why do those kind of scenes matter in a, in a pro locker room? You know what? It's so amazing. The last two years, Bears had me run both of the team building events for the guys. And I love that stuff. And you're absolutely right, Vic. There is an element of being willing to be vulnerable and, and understand that you're not going to be good at something, and and for guys to have a little fun with you in a in a in a constructive way. It's, yeah. I don't, I never ever agree with humiliating anybody, but it's that fun. Sing a song. Do uh, we did like <laughs> we did a team roping event. We did an archery <laughs> event. Uh-huh. We did a golf event, which most of the European guys don't golf that much. We did a Sudoku event. We did a card game, a giant card game. These things that are totally out of the norm for most of the guys. And then this year we did like a uh, we did like a lumberjack competition, which was a little bit over the top. But it was so much fun. And to see guys buy in. It really brings a team together when when guys are willing to be vulnerable, and that's and I mean that's the case with most, and that sounds a little bit over the top, but with most relationships, that's the way it works. Yeah. Is that when you're willing to be vulnerable and the team's willing to kind of take take you in and protect you? That's a good point. It really it adds to the group and it really makes a huge difference, and it brings guys together a lot quicker. And if you can find something that guys are willing to kind of jump in with both feet, it, it makes a big difference. And guys that don't, they get, you find out real quick who the guys that are willing to kind of go to the wall for you. Yeah, it's a good point. Shane Doan joining us from uh, Switzerland this morning here on Bickley Murata Mornings. With the Coyotes, 32 games in, 11-16 and 5-27 points. Uh, you know, not in the playoff picture right now, but I think since, you know, um, Schmaltz came back and Jacob Chickerton came back, they've been much more consistently competitive. And we know what's going on with the process of, of building this organization and building this team back to a playoff caliber team. How far along those lines would you assess that at uh, right now, Donor? Uh, uh, how far down that road are they on to getting back to playoff relevancy? 
Well, I, I think we're 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 probably fairly deep into it right now. Where it's it's got we got a long ways to go, and there's no way around that that we do. Um, and yet, at the same time, you start looking like Michelli and and some of the Gunther and a couple of the young guys, Jack McBain, um, those young guys, uh, and then our our veteran guys that we're counting on, they're not that old either. So you see, you look at Cal's and Chick and and uh, obviously Schmaltz and Krauser and and then Veggie's not that old, and we're building we're building a group that's going to be competitive for a long time. But we still got a ways to go, and we got some drafting to do, and we got some. It seems if you really want to win at the NHL level, where you want to be a competitive elite team, you need truly elite players. And I think that we've got some, and we're working with some, and we got to add a few more of those. And that's going to be always our battle, and we're going to keep going on until we can get going in the right, keep this thing going in the right direction for a long time. If you do it right, you have an opportunity to be good for a long time. And, and that's always fun. Yeah, what, yeah, I agree with that. And one of the things, at least out of the Kings game, now, uh, granted, you should probably score on five on threes, but but Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz made it look super easy on, on one of the power play goals. I haven't seen the stats <laughs> lately, but th- but that seems to be to be a unit um, that has played with a lot of confidence this year. Well, that they play. They usually play Goss Despair with Chikrin and then Kells and Schmaltzy and Boydo together. And they get the, they move the puck around on the ice. Like, I mean, I haven't seen many people do it. It's, it's a little confusing, and it's a little bit um, – it's so fun to watch as a player because as a puck moves, that's the way the game's supposed to. You know, when you – you remember when, when Golden State really started doing the extra pass and doing the, yeah. the game had kind of slowed down in basketball where they were playing uh, – you know, isolation and everyone would kind of get to one side. And then all of a sudden Golden State came in about eight, ten years ago and they started moving the moving the ball. That's kind of what Schmolsey and, and Kells are doing with that back end with Ghost on the back end and Chick and, and Boydell. They, they move the puck so well and, uh, and they get along. Schmolsey and Kells spend a lot of time together and Ghost, they're really close. And that group, it's, it's amazing on that has an impact on your group. Donor, good to talk to you. Uh, yeah. Enjoy Switzerland and all of the picturesque settings while you're there. We'll uh, we'll talk to you when you get back. I guess we'll talk to you next week. Uh, all right, and I was going to bring Jared some chocolate, but maybe I'll just give it to you guys. Since yeah, uh, that's yeah, better. yeah, that's, that's or Laura, Laura, you might get chocolate. All right, you might there get you chocolate, go, Lauren. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Thank you, Donor. Jared. Not no Jared. Chocolate for Jared. <laughs> right. Shut up, Jared. He'll. You know what he would say if he was here. I'm not much of a, a chocolate guy anyway. That's the one food he doesn't like. <laughs> See you, bud. Right, Have a great thanks, one. Guys. Be well, right, Don. We'll guys. talk to you next week. Shane Don, Coyote's Chief Hockey uh, Development Officer, joining us from Switzerland at the Spangler Cup. Coming up next, it's our time to talk ASU basketball. They got U of A coming to town on Saturday, and head coach Bobby Hurley joins us next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Sun Devil Fast Break with ASU men's head basketball coach Bobby Hurley. The Sun Devil Fast Break is presented by Arizona Ford Dealers. Uh, ASU men's basketball getting back into Pac-12 play. They start off with a tough one. The fifth-ranked Arizona Wildcats coming to town on Saturday afternoon in Tempe, but three straight uh, in Tempe to start this stretch of schedule. Next weekend, it'll be Washington State and Washington coming in. Sun Devils, of course, coming off the... uh, 
blowout loss on the road at San Francisco before the Christmas break that kind of put a damper on things, knocked mm-hmm. him out of the top 25, and uh, efforting to catch up with uh, Bobby Hurley here in a, in a second, yeah. the head coach for his weekly visit. Uh, man, it's got to do... I, I wonder what it does to a team's psyche to go into a break like that. It was supposed to be uh, maybe a confidence builder, uh, and, and Bobby Hurley does join us uh, right now here on the uh, Arizona Sports Line. Coach, good morning. How are you? No, we don't have him. Okay. My bad. I'm, I'm good, Vince. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, a couple things. It, it, that, that game, it was interesting because it was such a thud that I spent... From, from start to oh, finish. And, and again, we know that Desmond Cambridge has been having a good year for them. We didn't know he was that important. It was one of two things to me. It was either a basketball team that was just kind of due... Mm. Or a basketball team that's kind of getting a little full of themselves. So I think at the very least, that loss is going to to keep the intensity and the practice habits high going into this game against Arizona. Right? It, 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 to some people, maybe it maybe it takes away from the showdown mentality of it all. But I would think that that Bobby Hurley's got a very uh, engaged group going into this game. Yeah, we do have uh, head coach oh, Bobby Hurley now on the Arizona Sports Line. Bobby, good morning. How are you? Pretty good, guys. Good morning. Good. Uh, we were just kind of talking about maybe uh, hopefully not lasting effects to that last game before the Christmas break. We talked to you before that game at San Francisco. Uh, is is that game something you chalk up to just one of those nights where everything goes wrong from the start and you can just never steer out of it? Yeah, I mean, it was the perfect storm, really. We uh, we didn't shoot well early in the game. They made every shot. Uh you know, I hinted after our San Diego game that I wasn't pleased with our defense and we were going down a bad path. Oh. And, uh, you know, it, it all came to a head in, in the last game, unfortunately. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, a lesson has learned and, you know, we got to be ready to play. We got to guard better. Uh, that's been our calling card. We haven't done it the last two games. So got to get it fixed and we have uh you know we have some days to practice here and prepare for Saturday. It, yeah and I, I think the dons the fact that they were 15 of 29 from three-point land that's it, it, is that a lack was that a lack of mental um uh, uh focus or was that physical I mean, was that's, it footwork what was I, mean, it? I would say that's their strength you know okay. we knew that coming in you know guarding the three-point line was going to be a priority for us they have multiple guys that could do it uh i think the position that got us a little bit was the center position just having you know they have a big that could really shoot it so i think warren washington got caught you know away from the basket more than we would like to in this game so uh there are things that we could do from a scheme standpoint differently moving forward if if uh we face an opponent uh that that focuses on shooting the ball from distance that way hey as you coach bobby hurley our guest here on the arizona sports line before that san francisco game we learned that uh, desmond cambridge jr was out he's obviously been uh on a real good stretch of basketball what is his uh condition and availability for for this week, or is it too early to tell? Yeah, Dez had a stomach virus, uh, was unable to go, uh, obviously, to San Francisco game, uh, and he was back in practice yesterday, and he's fine, had great energy, so uh, don't uh, anticipate, you know, any any lingering, mm-hmm. you know, after effects as far as uh, Des is concerned. And I think it's important that we have him out there. I think with, with him and DJ, it's a very, you know, formidable one-two punch from a scoring standpoint. And, and not having him in our last game certainly impacted that game in some ways. Did that did that loss 
to San Francisco guaranteed that you've got an attentive group this week in practice, as I was speculating right before you joined? I, mean, I just had multiple guys just reach out to me independently, you know, just uh, let me know that that's unacceptable, the way we lost and uh, how we performed. So I think they took it very personal, and they've been great all year. I mean, for us right now, uh, you know, to be sitting 11-2 and two and 2-0 and two and oh in the Pac-12, I think it's it's been a great start. So I don't want to, you know, put, put more than, than uh, is necessary into, into one loss. But uh, you know, we got to get our confidence right, uh, and we got to get our habits going in the right direction again uh, this week, you know, leading into a big game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Bobby Hurley, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. He joins us every Tuesday to talk ASU hoops. And uh, your team does have an opportunity to wash away completely that uh, that loss at San Francisco when you do welcome in your, your arch rival. They're ranked fifth in the country, and uh, they're off to a real good start as well. And they come at you with all that size with Tabellis and Balo. And, and your team is, we talked about it at the beginning of the year, Bobby, more equipped to deal with uh, bigger teams, teams with a lot of size. How confident do you feel uh, in, in your ability to combat the size of Arizona on Saturday? Well, they're a very good basketball team. And, uh, you know, you touched on, you know, just the size around the basket. And, you know, Balo has really tightened his game up for them. And, uh, you know, you talked about Tabulis being one of the best, I think, uh, transition running bigs in college basketball. So you know, I think there's a lot of things that we need to address uh, defensively, making sure that you know, we take care of the interior. Uh, you know, we've had you know one of the top interior field goal percentage defenses in the country, and you know we're going to need every bit of that on Saturday. And then uh, just making sure we have floor balance and uh, we're not giving them live ball turnovers where they could go and and uh, and score some easy baskets and get confidence. So it's a lot of things from a defensive standpoint that we're going to have to. Uh, to, to prepare for uh, because Arizona presents a lot of challenges. They're one of the best offensive teams in the country. There, there is, and, and prior to the San Francisco game, and I'm sure it's still true now, there, there is a lot of excitement about this game against Arizona this weekend uh, to the point where I'm hearing from people who are bummed out that they can't find tickets in vast demand. Is, is this something that this basketball team is going to vibe on, getting a real good atmosphere in that building? Well, I mean, as a competitor, it's what you live for. And I, I touched on that after our San Francisco game with the guys, you know, playing a game like this that has some juice to it. It's going to be on Fox. It's on New Year's Eve. I mean, it's uh, it's our rival here in state. So it's uh, it's one of those games that when you're a little kid, you know, just imagining to, to play in a big game and what that, what that feels like, uh, you know, we'll get an opportunity to do that on Saturday. Did you have a good Christmas, Bobby? <laughs> It was nice. It was relaxing. I mean, to to be completely honest, I went through different stages of, of grieving, you know, to <laughs> get the San Francisco game out of my system. And I'm sure that carried, you know, into Christmas a touch. But uh, but it was great. Yeah, my wife's family's in town. And, you know, I got a couple of a niece and nephew that's real young. So to see them open your presence uh, was was uh, was fun on Christmas morning. Yeah, very good. Uh, Bobby, good to Thank talk you, to you. Uh, best of luck Saturday. Happy New Year to you, and we'll talk to you next week. Yes, Happy New Year, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Our guest, as he is every Tuesday here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Big one. Devils and Wildcats. High noon showdown on Saturday. National television audience. Yeah.
And uh, yeah, like I said, it's I'm an going to that game. Woo-hoo! Are you really? Yeah, I am. Yeah. It's an opportunity for ASU to uh, wash away what was one of those well, historically ugly games. And again, being a ranked means nothing at the turn of the year. Yeah. But th- that has to be something that hurts to, to get ranked and then to feel that and then to have it just gone one game later. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, that that probably is motivating for for the Devils as well. They got uh, ranked and then they got raked. See what I did there? I do see what you did there. (laughs) Coming up next, we'll hit uh, social media on our Twitter account, at Bickley underscore Murata. Sarah Cazell takes us through social studies next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.